BG Mania, a video game music podcast for December 4th, 2019, is made possible by Level Down Games. Check us out over at leveldowngames.com for the latest reviews and brand new episodes of both BG Mania, a video game music podcast every Wednesday, and Max Level, a video game podcast every Monday. On with the show. to BG Mania, a weekly video game music podcast brought to you by Level Down Games. I'm Brian, joined as always by the... Oh, what do we call you this week? I don't even know. I can't tie anything into Yasunori Mitsuda. The, um... Uh, hmm. The Final Fantasy himself. No, not Yasun. Um, he didn't do Final Fantasy. He did 15. He did, he did, he did 15. Anyway, it's Frank. Frank's here. Frank's here on the show. I'm Frank. How you doing? <laughs> For those just joining us, what we like to do here at BG Mania is challenge ourselves to never play the same track more than once, except for special occasion episodes, which will always be announced in advance. So you're guaranteed to hear something new, something fresh, and something exciting each and every week. If you're new to the world of video game music podcasts, you are in for a treat. But for all the veterans, it may be something about our neck of Lost Woods for the very first time. Frank and I definitely tell more personal stories about the games we play music from and about the tracks themselves, instead of constantly diving into music theory and breaking apart each track instruments at a time. As always, we hope you enjoy the episode we have lined up for your listening pleasure today. Do not forget to head on over to Apple Podcasts or you're listening to us and leave that five-star rating and a review so we continue to climb the charts in terms of search results. Frank, I am very excited to get into this episode because, first of all, I love when we do composer deep dives. I love actually exploring the music of one individual person, starting with their earliest works that we chose from and going up to the most recent that we chose from. But... Today is going to be a very special episode because it's somebody that I absolutely adore because he's been involved in so many amazing JRPGs that I've played all throughout my life. We're, of course, talking today about Yasunori Mitsuda. His just everything he's done, man, his style, his Body works, of work is impressive. And it's uh, amazing. So, so impressive that I'll, I'll admit here. Uh, I pulled up a YouTube list of his all his songs and I fell in love with a couple of them. They were movie soundtracks. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's done more than just a gaming. Obviously, he's done like audio books and audio dramas. Uh, but it was, but it was great. Movies. Yeah. I, he's I, like, 
I, animated I, movies, I, of course. I never came up to anything that was bad of his. Uh, I just really like those tracks, but uh, yeah. Yeah, he's just, he's got a style about him and a way of composing a track that it really strikes you on like a spiritual type of a level. Like everything that he's like, it's very, and, and you'll notice as we move through a lot of the music that we're going to be playing on the episode today, I think a lot of stuff sounds kind of like familiar to one another. Like this was inspired by this, which was inspired by that, which kind of he used as inspiration for something else. And he talks about that a lot too, like where he gets, where he draws inspiration from and how he composes music and how he composes tracks and a lot of the ways that he does things. It's, it's really cool. And I always enjoy any time that somebody does an interview with Yasunori Mitsuda, getting to kind of read through that or listen to it to just hear how his mind works because I think that he's he's an incredible asset to the industry every and he's still going out like he's he's working on a game uh, that's in early access on Steam right now and it's set to officially release in 2020 next year so it just it, it's so cool to see you know him being somebody that is only 47 years of age that got started back in 1995 at the young age of what man 23 he started like he, he put 23. Because he, if he was born uh, February or I'm sorry, January 21st, 1972, and his first game was Chrono Trigger, which we just listened to, which was your first pick, came out March 11th, 1995 in Japan. So he was literally 23 years old when he did the compositions for Chrono Trigger. And it's impressive because Chrono Trigger is the first game he ever worked on. <laughs> and what a what a first game, man, to, ta- to, ta- to attach your name to something like Chrono Trigger, which has gone down in history as one of the greatest JRPGs of all time. How awesome is that? I found a cool little blurb from him and I, uh, about him that I just wanted to share with you guys. I think it's, it's about him actually starting with Square. So with it, like when he was finishing up with school, he saw an advertisement for sound producer at Square and a copy of Amitsu. So uh, he went and he sent them a, a demo and that's got him an interview. And this is an interview with Nobu Umatsu and uh, Minoru Akao, um, which he, he calls it a disastrous interview because he during the interview he tells him that this job is only a, it's only gonna be a stepping stone for him and he admits that he's never played anything like Final Fantasy before but he was still offered the job in April of 92 not what you want to go into a job interview with like yeah I've never really played your stuff and uh, I don't plan on being here long so he started at Square when he was just 20 how 20 years amazing old, is fresh that out of school. wow fresh out of school 20 years old and then, you know, probably getting immediately put on work with Chrono Trigger, which he also composed alongside Nobu Yamatsu and Noriko Matsueda. Just, oh, dude, a freaking amazing, amazing, amazing story. But yeah, you chose um, our first track there. What was that? What's the name of it? That is The Corridors of Time from Chrono Trigger. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. I don't know which kind of intro. Is it the glockenspiel maybe we heard there? Uh, it was No so idea. Like a, it was, but... Uh, you know, his his genres that he composes in and his influences, uh, he does come from like a world music Celtic background of music along with just the things he does. So there is a little bit of like what are the, like he plays the piano, the guitar and the Irish bazooki, which is a, it, it, it's, it's it's another like kind of like Irish Celtic guitar. So like he has he's a Japanese guy with Irish background. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And just everything that he works on, man, it, it, it just it's gold. Like every piece of music we're going to play on the episode today is incredible and chrono trigger obviously you know we 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 talk so much chrono trigger we talk chrono cross we really want there to be a third game in the chrono series square enix hopefully one day will actually do that and if they do i just hope to god yasunori mitsuda gets to work on the next one as well Uh, it's crazy you know i don't hit you with so many facts all the time but i have another one here so when he first got 
when he was first hired, he was on the sound team. Also, for two years, he did the sound effects for like Final Fantasy V, Seven Saga, Secret of Mana. And then he pretty much he went to the uh, the vice president of Square, who was uh, Horonobu Sakaguchi, and he gave him an ultimatum. He goes, either let me compose or I'm quitting. And that's how he got Chrono Trigger. And he told him, hey, uh, when you're done, maybe your salary will go up. And <laughs> <laughs> look what we got now, you know, he's one of the best. So Yeah, yeah. And Horonobu Sakaguchi, man, the father of Final Fantasy, uh, went off and formed Mistwalker. And man, they, they just they've done a lot of cool things there. I uh, really hope Microsoft ends up deciding to buy those guys because they're not doing anything at Mistwalker right now. They make they're, they're making that mobile game Terra Battle or Terra Nova or something, whatever it's called. Uh, that That's such a talented team over there at Mistwalker and uh, Microsoft in the hunt for a Japanese studio would be stupid to pass on them. <laughs> the Carter Trigger soundtrack is so damn strong. It's he incredible. Worked himself, he worked himself so hard on the soundtrack. He got stomach ulcers. He had to be hospitalized. That's why uh, Nobu Matsu had to finish remaining tracks. I know for a fact that he was sleeping under his desk while composing the music, like, yeah, he, was, like, like he was sleeping in the studio under his desk. And that's just, you know, it kind of goes back to stories we talk about a lot with like, you know, some of the conditions with crunch time and gaming. And that's not OK. Like, it sucks that he was doing that. That's not OK. <laughs> I mean, he, he pumped out 54 tracks for Chrono Trigger. Yeah. Unbelievable, man. Yeah. And every single one of them are incredible. Like, it, it, it really is an impressive piece of music and compositional work from start to finish. It's incredible. And I did actually get the next pick as well. You know, yeah, you have our you have our next pick as well. Roll, dog. Uh, from Xenogears, this is Premonition. And that was a premonition from Xenogears, which came out October 20th, 1998. Um, 
that is obviously composed by Yasunori Mitsuda. As everything will be in this episode, hopefully. Otherwise, otherwise, I mean, otherwise, well, otherwise, we <laughs> failed. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, this is the first uh, Xeno game. So yeah. Just, so Xeno Gears, Xeno Saga, Xeno Blade. Blade. It's it's Zeno funny Wars. that it's 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 fun. There's no Xeno Wars. <laughs> yes. It's funny that it's all really the same series. Like it, it, you know, it didn't. It, there's callbacks to Zeno Gears in Xenoblade Chronicles. It's the same team. Like you know, this team eventually they they started out at Square. They did Zeno Gears, and then the the team that made Zeno Gears kind of got absorbed into Monolith, Monolith Soft, uh, and then Tetsuya Takahashi. Yeah, that that whole, that whole team got absorbed into like a studio that kind of started working with Bandai Namco, and that's where Xeno Saga came from. And then Nintendo bought Monolith Soft to be a first-party developer for them, so that's when they started doing Xenoblade. That's why they can't use the same name. Exactly. <laughs> like they couldn't use Xeno Gears when they went to Bandai Namco. They couldn't use Xeno Gears or Xeno Saga when they went to Nintendo. But it's all connected by that Xeno name, and this entire world is loosely connected now you know the games themselves they, they're really not connected in any way except for one's part of the same franchises but there's callbacks and there's easter eggs that kind of so, so hint like, that the world is connected they're like spiritual successors to each other then sort of yeah mm-hmm. and I told Brian the reason I picked the song I was like it's really nice and spooky for for, for, uh, for Christmas you know like it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's the holiday season nice and a little spooky track for the old Xmas season uh, I love Xenogears, man, and I would love to see like a remastered version because I know there'll never probably be a full remake of Xenogears. But even if they just did like updated texture models, upscaled everything to HD, I'd love to see a Xenogears HD re-release. And I would play it in a heartbeat, man. It's an it's an incredible game. It's absolutely an incredible game. But like night and day, there's two tracks we just heard. Absolutely crazy difference, right? Like it's it's the one is so different from the other and it's going to be even funny because it's even so much different than the first track that I'm going to play from here in a few minutes. <laughs> uh, Xenogears have we've played a couple tracks, not not nearly as much as you would think, but we've only we've played like two tracks from Xenogears in the past. Everything we've played, though, from Xenogears and anything on that soundtrack is incredible. There's a there's a couple amazing vocal tracks as well on that soundtrack. I don't know if you kind of stumbled upon those. I did. When you were doing your research. Yeah, there's there's some incredible music on that soundtrack, man. It's a, it's a special soundtrack and a special game. Uh, I, I think one of Yasunori Mitsuda's best works on was on Xenogears. I, I really do. My first pick comes from the original Mario Party game, though, because he did composed the entire soundtrack to that Mario Party. Mario Party 1. And it's a it's a game that you wouldn't expect him to have his name attached to because he is such a JRPG guy. But it's kind of cool that he did the soundtrack for the original it's, Mario Party. It's always Party. good to do a nice little fun side project. Yeah, it's super cool that he was able to to do the soundtrack to, uh, to Mario Party. So we're going to take a listen to, from Mario Party, the name of this track, Tropical Island.
And that was Tropical Island from Mario Party, of Calypso. course, composed by Yasunori Mitsuda. Came out here in the U.S. February of 1999. How fun was that track, dude? Yeah, I would never guess I'd be the same composer. It's a great yeah. track. I was, I, I was actually like rocking out to that. One. Dude, I was, I, I was, yeah, I was bopping back and forth, man. It's, it's such a fun piece of music. It really does elicit that island flair, that island flavor. You know, you have the steel drums there in the background that you would typically hear in an island piece of music. But what I really like about this is that we got to hear Yasunori Mitsuda explore the Nintendo style as well, because the track also very much reminds me of like something we would hear in Mario Paint with like the whistles in the background yes. and the dog barking in the background. Like while it was a Yasunori Mitsuda composition, it was also very much rooted and baked into that Nintendo style that does set Nintendo apart from everybody else. And just to hear his style in a Mario Party game. And again, the entire soundtrack composed by him. Most of the music in there is sort of short. There's a couple tracks that are a minute, two minutes long. This one here, a little over two minutes. But man, it's 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 really cool to hear his take on some Nintendo stuff. And within that soundtrack of Mario Party, there's music inspired by like the Mushroom Kingdom. There's music inspired by Donkey Kong. There's music inspired by all these different Nintendo IPs that we got to hear Yasunori Mitsuda work on. And it's really cool to listen to. Now, this is great, man. <laughs> And it, started, it started an amazing franchise, man. Mario Party is so much fun to this day. Mario Mario Party has the uh, Mario Party has Mario Party <laughs> Mario Party the mix up between Mario Kart and Mario Party. I would play that coming um, soon to a Nintendo Switch near you. Both of those games in general, but more so Mario Party, just they break up friendships and families so quickly. They really how do. Dare, and how dare you steal my stars? They're so much fun. Jessica and I really have a blast playing through Mario Party and Mario Kart. But it's always great when you get a nice full group of people to play these games. Uh, it's still some of the same in jokes that me and my sisters have are based on Mario Party. There's a game called Pushy Penguins where uh, anytime we're like we're yeah. like being pushed, <laughs> like we're being pushed by Pushy Penguins. Like it's, it's, it's something <laughs> dumb we still say to this day. We're you know we're adults now. That's funny. Uh, it sucks that the rest of the Mario Party games weren't composed by Yasunori Mitsuda, because I would have loved to hear like what he would have done with the future if he got to stay on the game. I don't know why. I don't know why he composed this one. Like, I I, I don't know. I would love to know. Uh, well, let's make a play right now. Matsuda-sama, please. Next time. Let's get this done. Yeah, I would I would love to know how he came into composing Mario Party and then, you know, just kind of not doing any of the other ones. Like, that's it's so weird to me. But I love it, man. I absolutely love it. Let's let's get him back for Mario Party 11. <laughs> no complaints. All right, man. You got the next pick. All right. Uh, let's keep this Chrono Trainer rolling. OK, I like it. Uh, let's go to Chrono Cross. This track is called The Dead Sea.
And that was The Dead Sea from Chrono Cross, which came out October 15th, 2000. That's where you play as Surge. Yeah, I never played this game, unfortunately, but it came out for the PS1. Um, but yeah, this, you know, again, he, we're going all over the place with the kinds of music that he's playing here, that he's composing here. This is more of an emotional spooky kind of thing, which would make sense because it's the Dead Sea and hopefully it'd be spooky. I love Chrono Cross. Like, I counted down the days to the release when it came out. Uh, I got it for Christmas that year in uh, 2000. But I remember, like, this was back in the day of, like, the strategy guide and stuff, too. So I remember on Christmas morning opening up Chrono Cross and then, you know, because you, you always see, like, presents that are numbered. At least I used to. I feel like, you know, this one goes with this one, but you have to open this one first type of a thing. So I opened up the game first and then eventually opened up the strategy guide. And I because I used to like collecting the strategy guides. So I, liked, I, I liked using them, too. I liked using guides and I, and I will never be ashamed to admit that I liked using guides because I like to maximize my playthroughs, because even when I was a kid, I still played through a shitload of games like way more than any kid should have played. <laughs> and I like to maximize my time. So like for Chrono Cross or any like JRPG, I used to like using like sitting there with a guide from Prima Games or any of these companies that were making guides back in the day because everybody was making them back then uh, and, and just making sure that, you know, I found everything that I could in one playthrough because there was a good chance I wasn't playing through it again. We talk about it all the time, right? I'm a completionist and it drives me nuts when I miss something small. Me too. Me so too. I, 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 I was raised on the guide as well. I like having it. And did I follow it the entire game? No, no but if I no, but, of course not. But I, like, I, I, there's I no looked ahead. Here. I would look ahead like, OK, where's the what's the next thing that like I can't miss. So I know like around exactly, the time. To, exactly. You know, like where to look or that kind of like I, I that's what I use them for, like following it step by step. I never did because at least, and again, like in a lot of games, it's hard to follow things step by step because you know, you could go about something accidentally a different way and then it totally changes the experience. And, you know, it's it, but it's fun to use it as like a guide point. That's what it was for. It's my, my Animal Crossing one was like, it was like my Bible for a while. Yeah. And see, I never used one for Animal Crossing just because it I didn't was, feel like it, there was it, some, it had every item yeah, in the game in like, there. Like checklist style. So you could check it off yeah, as you got it type of thing. Yeah. Like, no, just really it's a game like that doesn't need a guide. Um, of course. Yeah. There's nothing in it to do really, except for live a life and participate in the town. <laughs> yeah, but like I said, just, just to have like a full list. So I like just got to keep a running thing for myself. Yeah. yeah I've, um, I, I counted down the days to over to Chrono Cross, man. Like I was so looking forward to this game and it lived up to all of my expectations. I love this game. 10 on GameSpot. I know that a lot of people, you know, hate on Chrono Cross and, you know, they much prefer Chrono Trigger, but I love Chrono Cross. I think it's a phenomenal game. Uh, one of Sean's favorites as well. If you remember the only episode Sean appeared on for, uh, for, I think it was a radio hour he appeared on. He played a track from Chrono Cross. He pulled the track that I initially found and loved. And I was like, oh, yeah, crap. the, the, the one that you were the one that you wanted to play on the episode was the one that he played on that episode that day. So which, which, is, which is a great song. <laughs> it, it was a great song. Absolutely. That's why he picked it. But man, it, it's such an amazing game. And like I said, it, it just leads or it lends all credibility to why there should be a third freaking game in the series. <laughs> why isn't there a third game, Square? It's been night. 19 years, man. 19 years since Chrono Cross. Well, yeah, waited 16 for Final Fantasy 15, so, you know. Oh, my <laughs> God, dude. 19 freaking years. They, they like to make you wait. <laughs> and this this soundtrack is incredible from start to finish as well, man. Everything that Yasunori Mitsuda worked on is incredible from start to finish. Like I said, he's really a special composer, somebody that I'm, I'm so impressed by. Frank, I think you're going to love my next pick right here. This this is This is something awesome here. I'm excited. Yeah, check this out. From Xenosaga Episode 1, 
and it has a subtitle that's in because it's like they, they use the German Menace? names. No, they used the German subtitle names. Uh, Der Willzermacht is the uh, I, I, I don't know if I'm saying that correctly in German, but uh, they, they did use German subtitles for the names of the games, which I thought was really cool at the time as well. But Xenosaga episode one is going to has how we're going to refer to this. Okay. The name of the track is Ormus. And that was Ormus from Xenosaga Episode One, Der Willzermacht, which we looked up means the will, the will to the power, power, the will of power, something like that. Yeah, the will to power. Beautiful. To power. Oh my god! Amazing track, dude. Came out here in North America, February twenty fifth, two thousand three. Of course, composed by Yasunori Mitsuda. The choir was done by Metro Voices. The lyrics itself that were being sung there were written by Tetsuya Takaha- uh, Takahashi. What's so cool about this is that on the soundtrack for Xenosaga Episode 1, a lot of it is performed by the London Philharmonic Orchestra. Metro Voices works very close with the London Philharmonic Orchestra, which is why they were used. Those two, anytime that there's like a motion picture that calls for something done with like a choir and they're, you know, like if, if the London Philharmonic Orchestra is doing the work for that soundtrack, Metro Voices is always the one that they use. They kind of go hand in hand. They got some big uh, video game and big uh, movie tracks. They did, they did the, they're the choir in Bloodborne. 
Yeah, the, the choir and Bloodborne, man, they're still uh, out there. Guardians of the Galaxy 2, Dumbo. Like, they just, yeah, I was going to say, they just did Dumbo this year. They just did Dumbo which, this which, year. Uh, I, I shared my uh, Disney Plus with my nieces. Uh, and they watch, they watch Dumbo at least two or three times a day. I'm sorry, Angela. My apologies for for, for sharing with you. Now the new one or the old one? Because the old the one, is one. So much, the cartoon is so much better. Oh my god, the animated well, one. They're they're little. They don't know the old one. I know. Uh, but they did. They also Baby did. Um, be mine, don't you cry. That's, that's the old one. So. Everybody's gone to the Rapture, which was an incredible walking simulator, but still, it, it was a very emotional story with a great soundtrack. You know, they they did that as well. It's it's so cool to see like some of the things that they actually worked on. They they've been part of like the Pirates of the Caribbean stuff. Like they're just incredible, man. Really, really, really cool. And I love the fact that you know that the London Philharmonic Orchestra, which you know incredible as well, was also in Xenosaga. Uh, Xenosaga has a very freaking strong soundtrack, man. And it's so sad because there were rumors a couple years ago the actual um, director behind the game wanted to do an actual like remastered version of Xenosaga episodes one, two and three, but nobody wants to fund it. (laughs) And I don't know that there's enough fan like funding out there to where we could actually fund these through like Kickstarter or Fig because it would cost so much money to do remasters of these three games. They're massive, like 100 hours each, if not more. Like they're massive games. It would take so much time. And I think that's why nobody wants to fund it. It sucks. I really want to play through these games again with like updated textures and stuff. Yeah, come on. Let's let's make this happen. It should. I I, I think it, I think it would sell. But what you got to do is you got to you have to buy the the DLC Torn of the Golden Country. <laughs> and that actually reminds me of, you know, the track we just listened to, Ormus. And because Yasunori Mitsuda worked on the soundtrack, he also helped out with Xenoblade Chronicles 2. There's a couple tracks that, you know, he composed in that. Remember the track, um, uh, what the hell was it called? But we actually, you know, it was the the one that's, oh, I, I'm going to have to look it up now. Hang on. Called You Will Recall Our Names. And it's the one that's like uh, Anunya did in that soundtrack. And they were like, it's all like oh, yeah. the city music, the night and the daytime. And it's all chanty. Very similar to that track from Xeno Saga. And it's so cool because now that we know, obviously, with Xeno Gears early on in the show, all these games are tied together. Or, you know, if you didn't know that, you do now. But it's so cool. Really, really cool. That was great. But it's time for everyone's favorite part of the episode the frank pick <laughs> no I, I have a uh... half the episodes the frank pick <laughs> oh it's funny how that all works out uh yeah. no how about that from a, ga- from a game called graffiti kingdom this is careful preparation
And that was Careful Preparation from Graffiti Kingdom, which came out stateside July 28th, 2005. Um, this game itself, very much like Drawn to Life, uh, where you create a character, you, know, you draw the arms, the legs, and you, you, you know, you're you creating these characters, you bring them to life. Uh, a bit of a Pokemon element to this game, like, could you capture other creatures and then you, you earn, like, the ability to, like, add wings or add... Oh, that's cool. You know, stuff like that. Um... It's a action platformer. It has some RPG elements because you level up, but the battle system is rock, paper, scissors. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 I'm familiar with this game. I remember seeing it uh, back in the day because I was you know, working at GameStop at the time, but I never actually picked this up. I never played it. I remember seeing a lot of this online. My sister had this game, um, but a lot of people created like every popular anime character and creature you can think of like uh looking at it, you can see everyone from dragon ball z was in this game because people you know because the, the fans were just making all these things and they're just like uh but that was locked to their own game right that's of course, to yeah, 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 yeah. Back, back then we weren't sharing stuff online no no but just back then uh if anyone who ever played the wrestling games who knows the word call or create a wrestler people would put, put up the formulas for how they made these things well people were doing oh, that for this okay. game People really were doing that cool. or, or showing the pictures of what they made. You know, you're trying to re- make these things themselves. That's awesome. I never, I didn't know that. That's really cool. And nowadays, if you want an experience like this, the um, Scribble Nuts games. Yeah, which are so much fun. Have a lot of stuff like this where um, any pop culture character you could think of is in a Scribble Nuts game because they opened it up so much and it's all online and people made everything. So, so much fun, uh, but, man. But this track, but just getting back to the music, this track, very medieval, very just fun and like very and renaissance fair absolutely definitely something that as soon as it started i was like oh okay i get why you picked this <laughs> it's uh, i'm a very simple man i have, I have a, things that i like and this is this is the kind of stuff i like and, and it's fun hearing yasunori mitsuda's take on a you know a, a medieval inspired piece of music incredible man I, I could i could picture going into walking into any renaissance fair and just hearing that you know over some speaker or coming from somebody's tent or something like so cool so now cool. i want to go back to the renaissance fair and get some more mead and throw nobody axes. nobody needs to see you in your viking dress frank you know how freeing it was to walk around the whole day without pants under that <laughs> so, nobody needs to know <laughs> nobody wants to know but i do actually have a bottle of mead in the fridge right now if i do want oh, yeah. to pour myself a nice little flagon nice but i'm actually going back to back with myself on this one here okay i get the next pick you do holler no uh from deep labyrinth this is the main theme
and that was the main theme to Deepu Rabirinsu or no. Rabirinsu. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no. I see. It's called. It is Deepu Rabirinsu. I see that in Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah, I'm not making these things up. Come on now. I know, but when it uh, so this was a mobile game created for the Vodafone uh, in 2004. Then we got it here on August 15, 2006. Uh, I have to admit, not a game I am very familiar with. Yeah, me neither. Me neither. I have no idea about this game. That's I, so cool I, to me. I, tr- I tried to go deep into the catalog, the Labyrinth, um, and I heard the song and it's very traditional Japanese, Japanese flute. Sound. I love it. It's so beautiful. It was, I this, love this was it. This was the second track I picked all together. Uh, the first one was actually Sean's pick, but uh, this is the second track <laughs> I picked. All- <laughs> the second track I picked all together because I instantly fell in love with this one. I, it just—it's amazing. It's just—it's beautiful. It's moving, and again, we're showing just the versatility that Yasunari Masuda has when it comes yeah, to composition. Man. And you kind of surprised me by telling me a little bit about this game. I'll let you tell it because it's your pick, but you kind of surprised me with some of the facts about this game. Yeah, so uh, this is actually a mobile game, and... Which? What? In 2004? What? A, mo- a mobile game <laughs> in 2004. So for the Vodafone, do you remember the Vodafone? No, that, actually, about, yeah. The, I remember yeah. that stupid piece of crap. It was... Uh, I want to say it was British. Yeah, I, I'm clicking right now. Yeah, it was a, it was a British thing. Um, Are you insulting Martin? Absolutely not, Martin. Pip, pip. Uh, <laughs> it, it was a big thing out there. It's like, 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 like the Gizmondo. Like, you know, they tried to make mobile gaming a thing. The, the Vodafone fo- is still a thing? Apparently. Wow. Huh. Martin, is Vodafone popular in Britain? Let me know. Write into me. Let me know. It's the voice data phone. Uh, so, yeah, man, this came out and then we got it here. And the story itself seems pretty crazy. <laughs> uh, it's just here. I'm going to do a quick plot synopsis. I'm not going to do the whole thing. Here we go. One summer afternoon, Sean goes for a drive with his parents and dog, Ace, who's Alf in the Japanese version. Uh, but the family car suffers a flat tire in front of an abandoned mansion. Ace is upset by something inside the mansion and leaves out the car to investigate. Sean's parents follow Ace, but fail to return. As Sean tentatively approaches the dilapidated structure, the entrance door swings open, and he's drawn into a magical vortex. Reunited with Ace, Sean must travel to the heart of the deep labyrinth to rescue his parents. Then there was a whole secondary um, story with a guy getting sucked into his cell phone, which is just crazy, and he gets into the labyrinth, <laughs> and he has to work his pass. So, n- nutty stuff, but it seems like a cool idea. Um, I bet you we could probably find this. This is an Atlas game, so I bet you we could find this yeah. on DS. Yeah. Uh, I'm still, I'm still more intrigued by this Vodafone thing. Did you know that they owned 45% of Verizon at one point? What? <laughs> Brian, what? the I... Vodafone episode is going to happen now. No, no. no they, tri- they, they tried to buy AT&T in 2004. Really? Yeah. I've heard of it. I know of it. But Singular uh... Wireless, which was a part of uh, Bell South, ultimately outbid Vodafone and took control of AT&T Wireless. Which is why, which makes sense, because when I was in high school, my very first cell phone I had in 2004, I actually had singular wireless and it became AT&T. That makes total sense now. They, in 2014, Vodafone announced an agreement with T-Mobile to launch a mobile virtual network operator service using its network that started in 2015. I guess Vodafone's actually somewhat popular here in the U.S. and I just didn't know. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Wow. Unreal. Well, all to our international uh, listeners, please let us know any Vodafone experiences you have or, or, or gaming on the Vodafone in general. Uh, gaming on the Vodafone. I didn't even know that was a thing. Huh. Is it like the N-Gage, I wonder, back in the day? The Gizmondo. <laughs> The Gizmondo. <laughs> yeah, at, funny that Atlas actually um, published this for Interactive Brains, the studio that developed it. I would be curious to check this out. Uh, if anything, if the music is anything like what we just heard, 
I would be in, even though Metacritic is sitting at a 57. It doesn't look like it's a good game by any means. Maybe we're just to check it out. Some I mean, parts it's, of it's, the main story require you to blow screen. or scream into the microphone. Remember having to do that on the DS when that was a gimmick? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it sounds wacky enough that there's something we would probably would just give a shot to. Sounds like, um, what was that? Lost in Blue. Remember that? I that one that took that. place on an island? Where you, ha- I remember you having to like blow into the microphone to like start a fire on that island. It just kind of reminds me of something like that. Hey guys, Brian here from Level Down Games. Next week on the Max Level Podcast, we're hosting our third annual Level Down Games Awards. We'll be discussing and respectively arguing over 10 different categories to determine which games from this amazing year should win such coveted titles as Soundtrack of the Year, Best Moments in a Game, the Thunderdome Award, and of course, Game of the Year. You definitely are not going to want to miss next week's show. For the first time ever, Brian and Frank will be joined by both Sean and Kyle to have some fun and a lot of laughs while the entire crew looks back on an amazing year in the gaming industry. My next pick. (laughs) My next pick comes from a game by the name of Luminous Arc. Let's take a listen to Prelude. That was Prelude from Luminous Arc, which came out on August 14th, 2007 here in North America on the Nintendo DS, composed, of course, by Yasunori Mitsuda. That is beautiful. Like, that is the only way I can describe that track, man. Uh, what an incredible, incredible piece of music. That was a great prelude. I love the runs that happened in that. that yeah. I'm always... I play piano myself and any song that has something like that, it always just gets me because it's just a fun little thing to throw into a song. Yeah. Jessica, Jessica has a piano that, um, you know, she, she was learning how to play some stuff on back in the day and it's actually sitting here in the studio. It's actually right, literally right in front of me. We have it set up, uh, right in front of my computer, right underneath the studio lights. Uh, I, I mess around with it on from time to time. I try to, you know, I try to teach myself a few things here and there, but that sounds simplistic enough that, I might be able to pull that off on a piano. It was not complex. It's, 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 it's no. a very simple prelude. I was telling you, but, but it's I was, gorgeous. I was, it, it's, it's beautiful. I was I was playing piano this morning. Like if I would have the music for this, I definitely would have rocked out and played this. Yeah, dude, it's such a gorgeous composition, man. What Yasunori Masuda was able to do with this again, not a complex tell, track. It's obviously a emotional moment in the game. It's the prelude. It's called prelude. Yeah, preludes are emotional. They, I guess they can be. 
Not generally, though. Prelude music, you think like, you know, the Final Fantasy prelude music, the do 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 like prelude music generally just sets the tone and like. If this well, is setting, it, if, it, if it's setting a tone game. like that, oh my god! Like it, it's incredible. I've never played Luminous Arc. I don't know. I'm surprised that I've not played this one. Looking into I bet, it, like, I bet you it's the I bet you it's the dark emo cousin of all the games. Well, I'm looking into it. Like I'm, this is something that I'm surprised. It's a tactical RPG, which is probably why I stayed away from it. But it's an entire series. Like there's Luminous Arc two, there's Luminous Arc three, there's Luminous Arc Infinity on the Vita. It's an entire there's, uh, there, there, there's Arc the Lad, Arc the Lad two. That's a totally different series, but amazing games. <laughs> Indeed. Ah, man. What a great track. So beautiful. I could listen to that all day. I could listen to that on loop all day. I love a good piano track. You got another one or no? Uh, I don't. At least I don't think I do. Son of a... What do you have for next then? Coming up next, I have something from a sports game, kind of. What? It's a sports RPG from Inazuma 11. This is Soccer Battle. was Soccer Battle from Inazuma 11, the original game. Came out in Japan, August 22nd, 2008, developed and published by Level 5, again composed by Yasunori Mitsuda. How freaking cool is that track, first of all? You know, we love good battle music here at BG Media. I, I, you know, I got a feel of Star Fox from that. Sort of, yeah. Yeah, you totally do, sort of. But how crazy is it that it's sort of a sports game, but it's generally just an RPG where you play soccer? I was always enamored by the fact that Inazuma 11 mixed this, you know, RPG elements with sports elements and actually made a fun game out of it. I've played a few of the Inazuma 11. Some of them have made it over to North America. Some of them have not, but they generally are kind of fun games, dude. They're, they're ranked pretty well. Uh, the first one on Metacritic, sit down at 75. Not terrible. Not bad at all. Look, if we're going to have 
sports, video games, and these kind of things all mixed together, RPGs. It better be Ninja Baseball Batman, okay? Ninja Baseball Batman the RPG. <laughs> I I had a hard time picking which track I wanted to play from Inazuma 11 because they're all really good. And it all no, reminded no, I, me so much of like... battle music. Yeah. Like, it reminds me so much of like traditional JRPG music because it kind of is. And it's Yasunori Mitsuda who's, you know, specializes in that and is does such a phenomenal job every time he does something. But I had a hard time picking a track. And I was like, you know what? I just got to go to battle music because something about that is just it, it just gets your blood pumping, man. It makes you want to go out there and, you know, I guess kick people in the head with soccer balls. <laughs> is that is it what happens in a soccer game? I've never been bothered to watch. <laughs> I, I, I mean, that's not really what happens in traditional soccer. I guess it does. People get hit in the head probably all the time in soccer games. I really don't know. I don't watch soccer. But I do have the next pick as well. Oh, you can't go three three in a row. That's not fair. I'm going three in a row, man. All right. From Arc Rise Fantasia. The name of this track. Great track. Great game as well. The Imperial City of Diamant. That was the Imperial City of Diamant from Arc Rise Fantasia. Came out on the Nintendo Wii here in North America, July 27th, 2010. Again, composed, as everything is today on the episode, by Yasunori Mitsuda. I really enjoy that, dude. I whimsical. love that. Very, what? what? Whimsicals. Those are the yeah, very, 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 very whimsical. Kind of, it, it's, it, it, 
it's a it's festive. It gives this feel of like, you know, this, you know, it kind of does have an imperialistic style to it, but it, it makes it, you know, it, it's like a grand city. You get that feeling. Listening that, to yes, this. but like, like you're standing in front of like a big magical castle, which you are. I mean, it's the imperial city of Diamond. It's this overarching. It's, yeah, it's the overarching city. A really cool place in Arkwise Fantasia, a game that I absolutely loved back in when I played it in 2010 on the Wii. Uh, Is that the one with Mickey Mouse and the? No, yeah. no, 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 no. That's, that's, that's regular Fantasia, then. Okay. That's regular Fantasia. <laughs> uh, it's sitting at a 64 on Metacritic, so it didn't like rank high critically, but I always really enjoyed it because it reminded me so much of like the Tales games. And it's this like, you know, it's a fantasy RPG, but it has puzzle solving elements and it has a pretty interesting story being told to you. And I liked the cast of characters, but I also was just looking for something at the time. Then like this was a game that I, I just it was in the right place at the right moment for me. I wanted something just like this to come out. And then it did. And then I played it and I really enjoyed it. So um, and the soundtrack three discs. It's a massive soundtrack. Wow. Um, not Yasunori. Yasunori Mitsuda also worked on it with Shinsuke uh, Tsuchiya, Yuki Harada and Yui Makino. So these four composers, you know, each one contributed a set amount of tracks to the actual composition of the three discs. But it's a great thing from start to finish. I actually was keeping a running tally like, OK, I looked up on VGMDB like, OK, what did Yasunori Mitsuda compose for this game? And then I made a list of all those tracks and then I went through and I was like slowly narrowing them out like, OK, this one's OK. I really like this one. Let's put that one aside for now. I really like this one. And I like I had a hard time narrowing down which you track to, I wanted you to had play. To make Sophie's choice. I had to make Sophie's choice. So in the end, it came down to this one because I something about it. Just every time I listened to it and I listened to it multiple times in prep for the episode. Every time I listened to it, I just I had this big smile on my face and like memories of playing through the game. I was like, this is it. This is the one I'm playing. So I uh, really enjoyed this track, though. Very cool. Uh, so, yeah, I actually have the next pick because I'm awesome um, from well, a game. I also, I also had the last three picks, Frank. So come on. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I was bound to get some now uh, from a game. I wouldn't say a good game, but from a game uh, called Kid Icarus Uprising. This is boss battle number one.
And that is Boss Battle 1 from Kid Icarus Uprising, which came out here in North America. Almost, uh, and it was simultaneous, Europe. almost, almost, for the most part. But, but, yeah, North yeah, same America, week everywhere. Europe, uh, yeah, M- March 23rd, 2012, here in Europe. Uh, a day earlier in Japan and the 29th in Australia. Yeah, you guys always the get same, last for same, the same, same seven day period for the most part. Um, so freaking rocking, man. I love this. And uh, Matsuda only did three or four tracks for this game. Yeah, he only worked on three tracks uh, because this this was a star studded cast headed by Matoi Sakuraba. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, we had compositions from Masufume, uh, Masafumi Takada, Yuzo Kashiro, Noriyuki Iwadare. Yeah, Sonori Mitsuda, obviously, Takahiro Nishi. There's a, a ton of composers that actually contributed to the soundtrack. We've, we've talked about it before. We've played several things. We, generally, Frank, anytime we do a composer deep dive and if they have a track on, on this game, you pick it. <laughs> I, I usually do. Um, I just, I did not like this game as much as everyone else did. I mean, this game got a perfect 40 out of 40 for Mitsu. It's an 83 on Metacritic. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a great game. Not, I liked it. It's a good game. 8.5, I just, it did not, I don't know. I just, I didn't like the whole on rail system, so to speak, constantly moving forward. I just, it didn't work for me. I didn't like it to, to each their own though. Um, but I will not deny the music. The music was so good that Club Nintendo released this as like a, like, select tracks from this game yeah on on that cd they gave out to us um i want to say that year for christmas that it was in the nintendo power i have some power yeah i, I have some power i missed the little gifts they used to send out from time to time it was nice you know they didn't have to do that but they did uh and you know they still kind of live on yeah but nintendo not, force yeah, but it's but it's not the same nintendo force is incredible though like i said i i'm very happy with uh with subscribing to that Patreon, giving them, you know, $6 every time they put out an episode or an edition of the magazine. I've gotten two now since I've actually subbed to them. Uh, and I don't think I'm going to stop subbing. Like, I really enjoy sitting down and looking through the magazine. It, it, it takes me back to being, you know, someone as a kid who used to get Nintendo Power every month. Like, it just reminds me of that. So I'll probably always do that. I had this conversation this morning with my buddy because he went to the toy store with me. We went to uh, small business Saturday shopping. Um, and this toy store had magazines from all, like, from the 80s 90s not just nintendo power but like strategy guides yeah 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 yeah. and, and, and we've had we had a whole episode of uh max level talking about it how much we just miss these magazines it's such a pivotal part of our lives yeah it was so cool back in the day and like it's just sad that the internet age has really killed all of that and i mean it's killing everything oh, it's, it's, it's killing all print media yeah and i mean it's obviously just you know it's the natural evolution of things and i get it it's just it still sucks because i do like having something you know the way the paper smells it was always really special yeah yeah and besides you know i like posters on the wall not posters on my phone so make it happen sure uh, <laughs> but how incredible is that dude epic 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 and rocking man shredding that guitar so cool man so cool i would pay cold hard cash just to watch this whole soundtrack perform live That'd be incredible. Like if, if they did it in the style, like they do like the Zelda concerts and the Final Fantasy concerts. And, you know, there's a near concert now out there as well. Near Automata. Uh, if they did something like that for the Kid Icarus Uprising music, it'd be incredible. We need a new Kid Icarus game in general. I think we're going to get one soon. I really do. It's about time. Kid Switcherous. I don't care. Kid Switcherous. No, I think I think we're going to get one soon. I really do. Um, Do I get the next pick as well? I do believe you so. Do. You do? Yeah, that's right. Um, From a game called Soul Sacrifice. This is Hope and Future on the same page.
Uh, and this is Hope and Future on the same page from Soul Sacrifice, which came out in the States April 30th, 2013 for the Vita. Beautiful. I always wanted to play this game, but I never got around to it. You should. I haven't played it, but I just the, the explanation alone of the core mechanic of the game is intriguing to me. Right. It's it's always looked really cool. It seemed really cool. You literally sacrifice parts of the, the person's body to create devastating attacks, and these are permanently marked on the person's body. How freaking cool is that? Um, I, I did find the singer. Oh, well, Brian found it, and then he gave it to me. Uh, Susan <laughs> Dayan. Uh, yeah. She is, she's an Iranian composer herself. Vocalist beautiful, and vo- beautiful vocalist. Holy crap. Beautiful. I love that. You know, pretty good that, you know, uh, it's... It, this is with, I do believe, the Star Wars, uh... The Skywalker, seven. Skywalker Philharmonic Orchestra, whatever the name of it is. Yeah, how cool that they actually did the music for this game. So cool. This is just great stuff. Uh, I wouldn't mind hearing just... I, I actually, I'm, I'm turning a corner on... I actually kind of like opera now. Oh, are you? Okay. I, would, I wouldn't have guessed that. It's not... It's, it's just something that was recently introduced to me. Uh, someone just... They, they gave me a CD... Which is also a crazy, a crazy sentence to say because no one has CDs anymore. Andrea Bocelli? No, they, they gave me they gave me some CD from like some local production. Oh, Andrea Bocelli, Andrea Bocelli is great. Not, my, not. My, 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 my mother and my grandmother listen to that stuff. Conte partiro paese. Yeah, dude, it's so good. Yeah, yeah so I'm familiar. I can't do it, but it's so good. <laughs> I, I would attempt it, but I do have a landlord upstairs, and I would probably piss him off with me hitting the high notes. Um, <laughs> Cracking windows everywhere. <laughs> yeah, but it, it, it's, just, it's just a beautiful song, man. Like I'm, I'm not even gonna lie, I like opera, <laughs> but I like Broadway stuff, dream, and I like. He sang to me. And- I like that kind of stuff, man. I like Broadway. I like opera. I, I would go see an opera live. I never have. I've watched them on like TV and through movies, but and I've listened to them. But I would I would totally go see an opera live if I ever had I listened, a chance. I listened to the whole CD. It was good stuff. Traditional uh, opera I would go see live. I think it would be so cool. Uh, you know, just a, a quick another little side. Is she an I, opera just, singer? Is that why we're talking about opera? Why are we talking about opera? Well, because the kind of, it was the uh, the style this was done in. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't know why we were talking about opera. <laughs> but, but a quick, a quick little opera, uh, right aside, one of my favorite, uh, when I was in the food service industry, one of my favorite customers of all time was an, a male opera singer who came in and, you know, we were introduced to yourself, you know, I'm, you know, I'm here to help you out, I'm the chef. And as his tip to me, he didn't give me money, uh, he performed a little bit, like, at the table. Mm-hmm. And, like, he filled the sound for the entire place. Everybody was just taken back. It was really good stuff. I would have preferred some cash. Because you know, can't, I can't buy anything with a song. But, uh, but what was his was his name Prince Poppycock? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure it was. Do you remember Prince Poppycock from America's okay. Got Talent? Oh, dude, so good. No, uh, I'm amazing, not amazing, down. amazing male opera singer. That uh, I'm, gonna to, I, I, I'm gonna have to look it up now. I think, she, but he dresses very flamboyant, very like opera esque. But I, I thought that he should have won that year. I think it was like 2000. It was early 2000, like. Earlier this decade, I know it was this decade because it wasn't that long. Well, it was a longer time. I'm looking it up now. So, 2010, he was on the show. So. No, my, my my favorite current uh, operatic singer is uh, Puddles Pity Party. I don't I don't know that I would consider him opera. Well, that's I don't know that, that I don't know that I would consider him that, opera. That, that, that's where I'm going to love him right now. 
Uh, good stuff. Uh, he, he, he also exists in my nightmares, just so you know. I like I like uh, Puddle Pity Party. He's good too. But I love that track, dude. Very beautiful. Like I said, I, I kind of want to go back and, and play through Soul Sacrifice at some point. I'd probably play through the Delta version, which came out a year later. Uh, very much the same game, just like enhanced features and added stuff to it. But the soundtrack, man, that's awesome. That was really cool. And that's the final track on the soundtrack. So I'm curious what the rest of the soundtrack sounds like. <laughs> All right, man. I have the next two picks. So you to kick things off. Of yeah, well, I got two. You just had two. Now I have two that we each have one to close out. I think it, it, it was awesome, like the way that it kind of worked out. Oh, wow. We both had eight. How'd that work? <sighs> Unreal. Anyway, from Valkyria Revolution. Oh, we've been doing this for two years now. Eventually, I'll catch on. <laughs> from Valkyria Revolution, this is The Four Generals. <laughs> That was the four generals from Valkyria Revolution, which is part Frank actually caught on to it as part of the uh, Valkyria Chronicle series came out here in North America, June 27th, 2017, obviously composed by Yasunori Mitsuda. I love that. How amazing was that track, dude? I the first thing I thought, man, was very Bur Tim Burton esque. This yeah, very Tim it. Burton. Absolutely. Very much. Very Batman. Yeah, it's, I can, it's, it's, and, and I never I actually didn't think that um, at the time of listening to it. But after you said that, I was like, wow, you know what? You're totally right. Uh, the uh, orchestra behind that is the Tokyo Symphony Orchestra. Did they do the music for Batman? That's a good question. We can look it up real quick. Yeah, let, let, let's we can we can kind of check that out live and see if they did 
um, because, you know, they they have their Wikipedia page here, but it doesn't say what they worked on, so that doesn't help. <laughs> it was the, the, the People's Orchestra, so I'm assuming, I'm assuming that's with, um, The Rock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, um, the official Wikipedia for the Tokyo Symphony Orchestra doesn't say what they actually worked on. I wonder if their official website does. Uh, nope, it does not. So I really don't know. I'm, I'm curious to know if maybe they did the music for anything that we would know that maybe Tim Burton did work on because it did kind of sound Burton-esque. But whatever the case may be, man, this soundtrack is incredible. I really did enjoy it. Now, it was different, man. It was it was different from the Valkyria Chronicles games. Valkyria Chronicles, you know, they're, they're strategy games. This one was more like an action RPG. So a lot of people didn't like it because of that. And we were people were wondering, well, I wonder if, you know, we're not going to get the return to that because of that. And no, if you remember last year's Valkyria Chronicles 4 was a return to form with the strategy RPG mechanics. But this was really fun with a fun story that I just, you know, I, I it got and, and enthralled me, man. I, I really did get like kind of captivated by the story, and the music from start to finish was incredible. Like I really enjoyed the soundtrack. It, it is very theatrical. It is. You're right. So and I, and I like it. Yeah, so good, so good. I, I'm, I'm like at a loss for words of what I want to say about this. It was, it was, it's, it's it's because it's perfect. amazing. It's, 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 it's epic. It's awesome. Like I'm sitting here stumbling through my words and my thoughts in my head because like I don't know what I want to say about it because it's so good. Like, I think it might be my favorite thing we play on the episode today. And that's saying something because we play a lot of amazing stuff on the show today. But something about this track really sticks out to me and, and just, it's incredible. I really did enjoy it a lot. My next pick comes from an amazing game that we've played a lot of music from in the past. And most of the, a lot of music that we've played from this game actually was a lot of Yasunori Matsuda's work because I had a hard time figuring out which track I wanted to play because there wasn't that many left. From Xenoblade Chronicles 2, this is the Tomorrow with you.
And that was the Tomorrow With You from Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Came out December 1st, 2017, worldwide on the Nintendo Switch. Uh, Yasunori Mitsuda contributed a ton of tracks to that, but as did Ace Team, Kenji, Hiramatsu, and Manami Kiyota. And now, like I said, we've played a majority of Yasunori Mitsuda's comp- uh, contributions to this actual soundtrack. But how Did we have a beautiful. bonus episode for the soundtrack? We had an entire bonus episode for the soundtrack, yeah. yeah. And, and, and I've played several <laughs> tracks st- from and this. You still, and you still managed to find a great one that we haven't picked already. And I've played several tracks in themed episodes. I've played several tracks in radio hours. Xenoblade Chronicles 2 is one of my favorite compositions for a game in a long time. It really is. But that track was beautiful dude like goosebump inspiring no, for was, sure awesome but I, so I, I beautiful so beautiful i'm still just impressed the fact that you managed to find a track that was great from the soundtrack after doing an entire bonus episode <laughs> usually you know, usually we mine out all the good songs for like an episode like that well that's just what's so funny about xenoblade chronicles too it's, it's is just that, a testament how good he is i mean he has that many that are great well and, and not only him because we played bonus episodes you know bonus tracks or tracks on that bonus episode from the others as well like of Ace course, Team of course, and of course. kenji hiramatsu manami kiyota but the soundtrack is you know disc one is 25 tracks disc two is 19 tracks disc three is 20 tracks disc four is 20 tracks and disc five is 21 tracks so it's over 100 tracks deep for this entire soundtrack we've only played maybe 30 on the show 30 30 to 35 this episode too (laughs) we could totally do an entire another episode to xenoblade chronicles 2 and the funny thing is it would be another 16 epic pieces of music like the soundtrack from start to finish is great there isn't really a bad track in this entire soundtrack all of them are fantastic and i think that's just you know a testament to all of these composers that contributed to the soundtrack they did such a great job but i do kind of tend to prefer yasunori mitsuda's work uh i I think what he did for the soundtrack you know he, he worked on all of my favorite tracks from this game and I just I get goosebumps when I think about this game. I really do. I'm so excited to play the the first one remastered on the Switch next year. But I'm also kind of looking forward to seeing what they do with like a Xenoblade Chronicles 3 as well as an X2, because I really do want to see them take that spinoff thing that they did in this universe and, and take that further as well. Love this. man. I love Monolith Soft. I'm so glad they're with Nintendo because I think they really do shine the brightest with Nintendo. That's great stuff, man. I, I'm, I'm loving it. Like McDonald's. <laughs> Frank can't eat McDonald's anymore. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> man, I went to Walmart and Walmart has a McDonald's inside and then the smell alone when I was in the parking lot it was driving me nuts. But there's also there's also a Greek place, a Chinese place, and a pizza place, and all those smells. Sounds like, the start of, sounds like the start of a bad joke. No, it could have been. But all those smells made like the perfect vortex around me, and like just my whole body went into convulsions because I'm just so hungry. I'm gonna die. Die, die to the worst. I quickly want to talk about leveldowngames.com. If you're unfamiliar, we do more than just audio podcasts. All of our content can be found on our main home on the internet, including new weekly episodes of both Max Level and BG Mania, alongside reviews for the newest release games and accessories, anything we produce on our YouTube channel, and daily news stories. So please, if you aren't a regular visitor of leveldowngames.com, consider bookmarking it now and checking it out every so often. It would really mean a lot to all of us and help us out so much as we continue to grow. Podcasts, of course, can always be found on your favorite podcast app of choice every Monday morning for Max Level and every Wednesday morning for BG Mania. But I have one last track 
for this episode. Yeah, we both do. From a game called uh, Rugrats Reptars Rampage. No, 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 never again. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> from Final Fantasy 15, uh, the DLC episode Ignis. This is Ignis and Ravis theme medley. And that was Ignis and Ravis, the theme medley from Final Fantasy's uh, from Final Fantasy 15 episode Ignis, which came out December 2017. Yeah, I really enjoy that, man. And listening to that music, we were actually talking about it because, you know, we were talking about like the DLC and how I hadn't finished all the DLC for that game. Uh, I, I think I just committed myself to buying the Royal Edition, like the uh, the, the Windows Edition on PC, because I played it on PS4 when it came out. But they have the complete edition on PC plus Episode Arden, which is the newest one, for like 35 bucks. I might have to do the same thing because I played this uh, at my buddy's um, and I well, I want to play the DLC, but it's kind of weird to, for me to buy the DLC on his thing and play the game while he's not home because yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, that's weird. And I kind of want to play through the game again because I feel like there's stuff that I missed. Gladio! I definitely I definitely rushed through the game a little bit. Um, but again, the game is, you know, kind of it rushes you along in certain spots anyway. But I feel like there's stuff that I maybe have missed. But I really do want to just check out the DLC anyway. And if I go back and buy all the DLC that I'm missing, I could just have the game on PC and play it in upscaled graphics because it looks so much better on PC 
uh, and, and just kind of really enjoy it again. I think I might do that. I'm going to see if it goes on sale uh, Monday because we're recording the episode, obviously, on, on Saturday the 30th. I'll see if it goes on sale oh, on I'm Cyber be Monday. I'm so broke by Monday. <laughs> How awesome was that, though, dude? Very, very chill, inspiring as well. I love that theme. I really do. I mean, the music for Final Fantasy 15 in general was great, uh, but he only did for this DLC. But it's so fitting. It's so perfect. And I mean, I, for me now, Masuda can do no wrong. Oh, yeah, dude. Yasunori Mitsuda is incredible. I think everything that we listened to on the episode today has 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 shown that it tenfold the range, dude. like and yeah. the range of things he's done yeah he really doesn't ever contribute a bad track to anything that he works on he's very meticulous in the way that he that he, way that he composes stuff and it always ends up being something incredible and that can also be seen with the last track we're going to play on the episode today which is my final pick comes from a game that isn't officially released yet it is an early access on steam uh, comes out officially pop and music 28 no it comes out next year in 2020 it's called edge of eternity it's a japanese rpg that was very much inspired by like the final fantasy games of of yesteryear and i actually do have the early access version of this and you know i'm, I'm played it a little bit when it came out in december of last year but i am waiting for the the rest of the game now to come out before i play through it again uh the name of the track that we're going to listen to to close out the episode is battle of eternity and as soon as you listen to it, man, you instantly like, OK, this would fit in any modern Final Fantasy game. This would fit in any modern Japanese RPG like Yasunori Mitsuda did such an incredible job with the tracks that he contributed for Edge of Eternity. He didn't do the entire soundtrack himself, and he's not doing the entire soundtrack himself, I should say, because the game's not out yet. He's only doing a couple tracks for them because this game was kickstarted and they don't have a ton of money and he probably costs a lot of money to get. <laughs> but he's doing a couple tracks for the game and I think that's cool enough as it is to have this, you know, studio to come out here. Kind of like uh, how uh, Hidoki Kakuta is doing tracks for Don... Uh, Don... Was it Don Thorne? Is that the name of the one that Don you pledged Thorne, yeah. to? Don Thorne, yeah, how he's doing that. Uh, you know, these, these guys cost more money than these studios probably have the money to pay for them. So even if they just pay for a couple tracks to contribute to the soundtrack, so freaking cool, man. I really enjoy this track. I hope you guys like it as well. But I've had so much fun on this episode, Frank. This has been so much. We've heard so many good pieces of music that and there's so much more, which is incredible. Like he's got such an extensive catalog of music that we could have picked so many you other things. Really and it would have so. sounded so different. That's what's incredible, because his range is so amazing. And even though it's so good. You kind of hear, like I mentioned earlier on in the show, bits and pieces of his tracks have callbacks to one another. Like they all have similar things that he throws in there and it just it works so well. I'm such a big fan of Yasunori Mitsuda and besides Edge of Eternity next year, I cannot wait to see what the man does next, man, because I love it. I love anytime he's it works on a soundtrack. I'm usually there to listen to it and probably play through the game as well. <laughs> I do think that is going to bring us to the close of the show this week, though, unless you have anything else you wanted to mention before we get on out of here. I'm going to take the cheap plug here while I'm at it. Uh, if you listen to this podcast, we have another podcast you'd really like called Max Level. We're actually doing our year end awards, the Max Level Game Awards. Yeah, Level Down Games Awards. Oh, is that what we're going to call them? Not the Max Level Awards? No, we're calling them the Level Down Games Awards. We're going to call them the Frank Awards. Um, <laughs> we're calling them the Frankies. Ooh, that's a good. You know what? Let's make that official. Uh, no, yeah, no, we're not making it official. 
<laughs> the Lowdown Games Awards is going to be a real fun time, special episode of Max Level. Uh, I enjoy. I invite you to come, Joe, to hang out with us. It's going to be really fun. Uh, me and Brian, we have some a couple other guys there who really add nothing to the show. Okay, they had they had more to the show than we ever did. <laughs> Sean but and it's, Kyle, it's, it's just the two of us here. I'm going to hype us up. Who cares? Sean, Sean, Sean and Kyle, they'll be with us on the uh, Lowdown Games Sean, Awards. Sean and Kyle are great. You're going to love them. Um, just come join us. You know, it'd be, it'd be cool to have you there with us. Yeah, we, we used to do it like, a, you know, our own version of the awards, like the game awards. But we're not doing it this year. We're doing something a little bit more fun, a little bit more us uh, categories, more attuned to us. And the way that we're going to do it on the sh- on the podcast next Monday is uh, going to be, I think, really fun to listen to. So check that out if you're interested. If you want to hear Frank and I discuss our gaming memories from the past 10 years, because we are about at the end of this decade, crazy to say, we uh, on this past episode on this past Monday on Max Level, him and I chose two games each from 2010 through 2019 and just kind of went down a trip down memory lane. And it was a lot of fun to kind of talk about and reminisce on those games as well. So go check that out if you're interested. But as mentioned, that is going to be the close of the show this week. That is going to do it for this week. I want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to another episode of BG Mania made possible by LevelDownGames.com. Don't forget to submit tracks, ideas, and request your future episodes to BGMania at leveldowngames.com. Regardless of the podcast service you're listening through, be sure to show your support by leaving a rating and a review, especially if you're listening through Apple Podcasts. We'd also be grateful if you could drop on over to our YouTube channel. That's youtube.com forward slash Games. Subscribe to us there. And if you haven't already, while you're at it, hit up twitch.tv forward slash Games and click that follow button. Stalking us on social media is perfectly acceptable. Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook will be the place to do so. Check the description box for the appropriate links. In that description box, you will find a link to our Discord server. Click it. Join us in there. We have a lot of fun. We discuss gaming stuff, life stuff, anything. It's a lot of fun. We uh, we have some good interaction on our Discord server, so if you want to come in there, interact with us, and just kind of have some fun on a day-to-day basis, do that. We'd really appreciate it. Next week, Frank, we are going to do something fun. It's going to it won't take a ton of work to research, but it's going to be fun. So we know that the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Scarlet are coming out in November of 2020, or we'll just say holiday 2020. We don't know November for sure, but they'll be out by holiday 2020, which means that 2020 is the swan song year for this current console generation. What I want to do next week on the show, we're going to call it the swan song years. We're going to pick music from consoles in its last year. All right. That's a good idea. It doesn't matter what consoles we choose from, as long as it's the game came out in the swan song year of that console. And I put together a list. I'll send it to you off air. But I already put together a list of like kind of what what years that incorporates for all the major consoles that I think you and I would pick from. So I think that'll be kind of fun. And it'll let us kind of reminisce on those consoles in their final years, plus look forward to what we have coming up next year with the inevitable reveal and information blowout soon of the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Scarlet. So I think that'll be fun to do. We'll do that next week on the show. Taking us out of this episode once again, we have Battle of Eternity from Edge of Eternity, again composed by Yasunori Mitsuda. Keep the music playing and keep it loud. (laughs) 